Hello everyone, my name is Cliff Duvinois, and after 20 years I've returned to my native Michigan and in my quest to reconnect with our great state, I want to talk to the leaders that are behind Michigan's top destinations. I'm going to learn more about them and the great experiences they and their team provide all of us Michiganders, and perhaps I'll learn a few things along the way. Welcome to the Call of Leadership podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name is Cliff Duvenois, your host. And today we are joined by the third generation of Zenders from the Bavarian Inn. And that would be Amy Grossi. We've already talked to her grandmother, Dorothy Zender. We've talked to her father, Bill Zender. So make sure to check out those episodes. But today it's great that we have the general manager of the Bavarian Inn, Amy Grossi, with us today. Amy, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Cliff. Excellent. So I almost feel kind of dumb asking this question, but I kind of asked to ask it anyways. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where did you grow up and how did you get really involved in the family business? Sure. I, well, I grew up in Frankenmuth. I went to St. Lawrence Lutheran School, K through eight, and then I went to Frankenmuth High School. And while I was in high school and in grade school, I worked in our family business. Then I went away to Michigan State. And I never thought that I would actually work in the family business full time, but I, I worked at consulting an accounting and consulting firm after I graduated from college. And then in 2000, my dad asked me to come work on a project with him. If we were building Frankmuth River Place shops. And so I did that kind of thinking it was a temporary thing. And I have been here since. Excellent. Now, growing up, were you actively involved in the restaurant? Yeah. So we had, you know, part-time jobs, just as many high schoolers and not too many grade schoolers have part-time jobs, but as, as the children of owners, there aren't really any labor laws for, for um, those children. So we did, (laughs) we did work in the kitchen. I worked often with my grandmother in the kitchen. And then as we got older, we worked in different departments every summer. So I didn't really stay in one department very long. We kind of rotated departments and I think that was a really good idea that my parents had to give us a maybe a, a more well-rounded picture of the business. Excellent. And I know that you mentioned before that growing up, going off to college, you really didn't see yourself working in the family business. What was it that made you decided to take a very active role in the family business? I would say once, once my husband and I had, uh, moved back here and we got quite involved in the Frankenmuth JCs and the community. You maybe growing up in Frankenmuth, you don't appreciate all that it has to offer, especially for families. There's not a lot of nightlife in in Frankenmuth. So, you know, when you're younger, you think maybe you'd rather live in a big city. And and I did do that. I lived in the Detroit area for for a while. But coming back, just living in in the, the small town that we do live in and really kind of getting more immersed in the business and really getting to know our team members and our guests. I think that's what kind of drew me in is, you know, hey, I, I, I love I love serving our guests and, and we had such an amazing team. They're they're why why I'm still here. Excellent. And I totally get your point on that. I spent over 20 years in California before I moved back here last November. Oh, and, oh recent. Yeah, just recent. Yep. And and it's interesting because even the other day, I was driving into Frankenmuth, and I was thinking to myself, you know, it's it's a shame that I had to go away for so long mm-hmm. to really start appreciating, you know, Michigan as a state. 
let alone Frankenmuth, but I'm glad that I'm there, you know, and it, it right. took me a little bit while to, to make it to that point, but all of a sudden now it's, you know, it, Frankenmuth's become one of my favorite spots and some of my, my favorite places to eat. It's become like a, you know, like a, like a default place for me to go. So I definitely understand when you say that you went away and came back and, and then you just had like a brand new appreciation yes. for what it is a Frankenmuth had to offer. Yes. And I'm, I'm grateful for the time that I was away so that I could have more of appreciation for it. Sure. And also, too, I think it would give you kind of a little bit of a unique perspective coming back as to someone who, you know, may have never been to Frankenmuth that, you know, you're just coming back kind of like viewing it through a new set of eyes. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I think that's I, I think that's really cool with. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, because, you know, getting involved with the family business, and I know you mentioned before about changing departments and working there. What what was, you know, when they asked you to take on the role of general manager, what was, what was going through your mind when that happened? Sure. And that wasn't right away. Uh, obviously, I worked as a manager in several divisions and, and departments. I had just graduated um, with a master's degree from Michigan State. I did the weekend program that Michigan State offered. And okay. so it was at that point that my mom actually was the general manager and she was ready to step back and felt that with my education and, and some of my background in the other departments that it was time for me to step up. So I remember being a little bit nervous about that because maybe I didn't feel that I was fully ready and I, and I probably wasn't. They probably threw me in there and knowing that how you learn is by doing it. So I have a wonderful support from my family to do that. But also we have some really senior managers that have been in their position for a very long time and have great support. We just, we just have a lot of experience on our management team and I'm really grateful for them, especially during these challenging times when we're shifting gears constantly. Yeah. Every other day, we seem to be shifting gears. And you actually, you, you bring up a really great point. And, 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 I, and I appreciate your, your honesty and the fact that you weren't exactly sure if you were quite ready to assume such a large role. But I think that for, for people out there, they forget that oftentimes you really do have a good support system, a support team. You've got very knowledgeable people that are around you. So it's not necessarily, you know, Amy fighting, you know, the good fight by herself. You've got a no. really good staff, a really good team in place to to really help you execute and to keep the keep the, the family legacy moving forward. Right, right. It's not a one person show. Definitely not. So why don't you talk to us a little about about the because I know you said you you were you were you were in very involved with the with the the river place project. Tell us a little bit about the thinking that went into that. What was you know what was like you know what was the family's vision for that? What what was you know what was some of the the, the key decisions that you made to really to really shape that place and turn it into a, a real hot spot of activity? So I wasn't as involved in the beginning as. My, my father was in charge of the project, I would say from a, a building standpoint and, and getting it going. We worked with a developer and for the life of me, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but we worked with this developer to um, develop the concept. Our family had purchased the property that it sits on 10 years ago. And we were just looking for the right concept to go in that property. So there, it was a uh, former brewery. So we tore the brewery down and built River Place. 
So my involvement really wasn't with the coming up with the concept. That was all my, the rest of my family members. And I got more involved when it came to the financing end and looking at pro formas and, and doing that. But I, I have to be real honest, I was pretty green. So I'm not sure that I contributed as much as maybe they would have right. uh, wanted. But and, and River Place has kind of changed over time. In the beginning, we were more as landlords and were bringing in concepts for stores. And we tried lots of things that worked and tried lots of things that didn't, didn't work. And so now we, we do own some of the stores that are in River Place, but we lease uh, those. And now my cousin, Michael, is really in charge of River Place and oversees that area. So it's kind of changed over the years, but I think right now it's a, it's a really great place for visitors to visit. There's a lot of variety in shops and experiences, and it's been a great addition to Frankie Moe's. Yes, indeed. And I will admit that I am a, a complete sucker for the, for the cupcake shop that is <laughs> yeah. there. They have this German chocolate cupcake that I just, I, I cannot get enough of, <laughs> as well as they have a raspberry filled one. So, Ooh, you know, yeah. I haven't so, had that one yet. Yeah, it's super good. And typically what it is, is, is when we find ourselves um, eating over there, what we'll do is, is we, you know, and, and we cheat, I probably shouldn't say this, but when we get done with dinner, we always walk over to the cupcake place because that now becomes dessert. Yeah. But yeah, so thoroughly enjoying the the entire experience of River Place. And there's some really great wine shops in there. I love that the mm -hmm. Cherry Republic is there. So, you know, really kudos to you for, you know, you and your family for, for having the vision and executing on that. And I just, I see so many people over there and it always fills my heart, especially during, you know, COVID-19 times where, you know, a lot of people might be a little bit scared, a little, have a little bit of trepidation with regards to going out into public. Sure. Yeah. So, being outdoors, it, it's definitely a, that's been helpful as well. Yes. And I would also like to talk uh, a bit about Mich Michigan on Maine. To mm -hmm. me, because it, like I said, it's it's been 20 years. When, when I left, it was the roof garden. And, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised to see Michigan on Maine. I was taken a little bit aback by that because I was just so used to the to the later Hosen and the Durndles. But, you know, it kind of had more of a, like a bistro pub feel to it, which, you know, with your German food just, you know, really started to appeal to me. So so talk to me about the whole, you know, the rebranding of the of the roof garden and, you know, creating the the, the Michigan on Maine experience. Yes. So we wanted to rebrand that area and not that it was not successful, but it, it kind of didn't really have its own identity. It was, we were serving chicken dinner, not, not the full chicken dinners, but we were serving chicken plates. We were serving some German entrees and sandwiches and, and different things. And it kind of just really needed a, a rebrand, a let's really and, and at the same time, we really wanted to showcase our using of Michigan products. We ah. use that. That was kind of the impetus of why it's called Michigan on Main and, and what our theming was there, because we are so proud of our, our local farmers. And, and in our great state, we have so many options available to us for for wonderful products. And so we really wanted to be able to highlight that and, and make it known to our guests that what, what we all have available in Michigan. And so that's kind of how it started. And it's evolved over time, but we kind of changed the decor a little bit, changed the, the menu, the 
the uniforms. We added the patio summer later after we did did that. And I, I think it's been a successful um, project for us. We we get great feedback from our guests and it's it's just a little bit different than um, what you can get in our traditional dining rooms. Yes. And, and I'll admit it's it's really nice to be able to uh, drive down Main Street there in, in Frankenmuth and be able to to see the people that are sitting outside, obviously not now with it getting wintertime, but weather permitting, being able to, to sit outside and be able to enjoy a dinner or, you know, a lunch or something. I, I, I think it's just, it's really great. And you're kind of, you're still on the street. So you're still kind of getting the full Frankenmuth experience while you're doing it. And plus... I love those deep fried pickles you guys have. <laughs> I can't get enough of those. Every time I go, I order them. Even if I just stop in for, for a brewski or something, I have to get those deep fried pickles. I'm, oh, I'm addicted to them. So. They go good with beer. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. My tummy has never complained once about that. So, you know, that's definitely that's definitely a good thing. Excellent. So, you know, right now, because I, I know that, you know, in, in the interview with, with Bill Zender, we, we talked a lot about the, the plans that you have in place for, for, for COVID-19. And we're mm-hmm. just walking into the, the Christmas season of the year as we're, as we're doing this interview. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about, you know, the, the, the plans that you guys tentatively have in place? Because right now we got the epidemic order that's going on. But, you know, tentatively, what are, what are some of the plans that you guys have got in place to, to really create some special experiences for your guest? Sure. You know, in a normal time, Christmas is just such a magical time in, in Frankenmuth. And you know that because you've visited. Right now, our dining rooms are not able to be open, but... We are grateful that we can still serve um, meals to go and we can have our shops open. And so most of Frankenmuth, I believe, I mean, this has just come out in the last two days. So I believe most of Frankenmuth will have shopping available. So, uh, and guests come to, to Frankenmuth to do a lot of shopping during the holidays. So what is new and different this year is I think the town is really going all out for Christmas um, decorations. We're a little bit limited in what we can do inside, but our our community led by the Franklin Chamber of Commerce has um, kind of gotten us all together and we have some really new light displays and just different things that, that we can offer to guests that maybe don't even want to get out of their car or want to be outside. And so we are planning on being open for Christmas. And of course we serve uh, many families on Christmas Eve and Christmas day. That's just part of their, their Christmas traditions. And so we are praying and hoping that we will be able to continue to carry on those traditions for people, but we just have to wait and see. Yeah. Speaking of traditions, is there, is there some piece of advice that uh, your grandmother perhaps gave you with regards to assuming more and more of, of the, the mantle of the family business, or maybe even, even, even your dad give you any advice that you found to be very helpful when becoming general manager of the restaurant. One thing that my dad always taught me was to make sure that you listen. And he would always talk about how his dad, which would be tiny Zender was such a great listener. And I think that if you can just listen and I'm working on that every day <laughs> still, <laughs> I think we all, it's all a challenge for all of us sometimes, but just being able to listen to the guests, what are the guests asking for? What are the guests saying? 
and what are the team members saying? And, and sometimes when you're in a leadership position, you feel like you need to tell people what to do, but really leadership is all about listening and coming up, you know, listening to your team and coming up with the best solution. And then sometimes you have to lead and, and tell people what to do, but it's only after being able to listen. So I think that's some really great advice that I will forever use and, and refine. I think with my grandma, one, she's taught me so much, but I think the biggest thing that she taught us growing up and, and now, and, 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 you know, this week is you got to work hard and working hard is something that she has done all her life. She grew up on a farm and, and still to this day is, is working hard. In fact, I can just hear her outside of my office. Her cart is going by. So she's here today. <laughs> and, you know, just being that example of having such strong work ethic, I know myself and our team members and our other family members, we, we try to emulate every day. And that actually has to be, uh, that has to be inspiring to see knowing that full well that she has obviously earned her retirement. I mean, if she wanted to go off and learn how to play golf or something, <laughs> no one no one would say, you know, oh you're being lazy, right? No. But right. She, man, she comes in and she 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 works. And yeah. she and she works hard. So, you know, and I know you talked before about, you know, how that's, you know, something that you really wish to emulate. Is that is that something that you see for yourself in the future? About not retiring? Honestly, no, I don't think that that is in my cards to work till I'm 99, but who knows? (laughs) I don't know. You know, they, my grandma and grandfather built this business and they were working together. Well, I don't necessarily work in the business with my husband. So at some point, I think we would like to retire and travel and, and do other things. So I, I don't predict that I will be working in at the restaurant when I'm 99, but we'll see. Okay. All right. That's fine. What is, so with you coming up in there and and I asked this question because I know that, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are passing the reins onto, you know, the, the, the next generation, you know, what is some of the things that, that you could share with us that, that maybe surprised you a bit from, from assuming your role? Good question. Let me think about that. Surprised me. I'm surprised every day on things (laughs) to think about that. Can you tell me the, can you ask me the question one more time? Sure. So I know there's a lot of businesses out there that, you know, they, they, you know, they're handing down the reins, so to speak, to the younger generation. And your, your situation is, is just like that, uh, as you're assuming more and more responsibility and, you know, you, and I know you mentioned, uh, I believe it was your cousin who was in charge of river, river place. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there something about when you, when you stepped up and you assumed the role, maybe something that, that kind of surprised you or something that maybe unexpected uh, that popped up that, that, you know, that you were exposed to, or perhaps it, it was, it, it didn't turn out like, like you, like, like you expected, uh, maybe something, you know, like, oh, I didn't think this was going to be as, as either as difficult as it was, or as pleasant as it is. I, well, two things were kind of going through my mind. When I became general manager, I, I kind of thought that perhaps our team that was in place here might might think, well, yeah, she's the boss's kid, so she she gets that role. And I, I thought maybe there might be, 
I don't want to say opposition, but just a harder time working together as a team because sure. they've been used to my parents leading, but it was actually the complete opposite. They, the, our management team welcomed me and taught me and really helped me. I'm not that I'm there, but I'm grow into that position and, and still continue today to, to grow into that position. So I, it was a, a good surprise, I guess, with that. The other thing that I thought of when you were asking me this question is about the importance of communication and, and in a family business, especially, and when you're talking about succession planning and, and just, you cannot overly communicate in that realm. And right before we were constantly working on succession planning, but, and we were ready to take it to the next level this year, but COVID kind of put a little damper on that right now, but it's really important as family business members that we continue to share our feelings like about retirement and and different things like that. So we all know where each other's coming from and we're not guessing and then making false assumptions on on where people are at. So I think those two are things that I I definitely learned. Yes. And there's a couple of things that really popped up when, when you were talking there, something I've, I've been on a, on a personal journey of, but communication has become an absolutely critical component. And the more that I talk with people, the more I interview with them, the more research and reading that I'm doing, I am seeing just how important that that the the communication is. And I, I have to say it's 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 become it seems like, you know, from what you were just describing here, it really is the the key integral component, you know, not only as you talk about succession planning, but also too with dealing with with the dealing with the staff there and it's and it's great that um you guys are your your restaurant's always been like very professional you know whenever i've gone there and people you know they 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 know their jobs they they respect the the chain of command so to speak and so it's really great that you've been able to and i know we talked about this before but have that really great support system in place to to make the make make your transition uh a success right right excellent now do you have any plans? Are you looking towards the future and thinking, man, you know what? I would like to build an amusement park over yeah. by the lodge. Have you given any thought as to as to what uh, might be next? We have as a family, we have some plans. And if they're top secret, that's okay. Yeah, nothing that I can share fully yet. But prior to COVID, we had some plans and we're moving forward. And now, you know, everything happens for a reason and we we will regroup and it might just take us longer to get to those plans we just kind of have to see it's it's kind of it's a difficult right now to plan because you yes. you you plan you make the plans and then you're constantly changing them so i'm a planner i love to plan and so does our family and at our last family board meeting we were talking about how you know that is our that's our mo we plan and we are prepared. And right now we just have to react and respond to some things and just do the best we can for our, for our team and, and for our guests. And so that's kind of, we're in limbo right now, I think. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's completely understandable given, given the, the, the current climate that, that is there. So, you know, the, the, so the question I have for you is that, you know, as, as the holidays are coming up and if, you know, people are interested in, either, you know, and hopefully this order gets list, gets lifted after three weeks, but mm-hmm. if people are interested in, you know, taking a closer look at the services that you offer and provide the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the meals that you're having, whether they're in restaurant or maybe, you know, some kind of curbside pickup, whatever form that might take, 
What would be the best way for people to find out uh, more information on those? Yes, well, everything is listed on our website, um, which is BavarianInn.com. And we also are active on social media. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is another way to find all of that. For guests that are, are, are not wanting to travel, we have an online store. And we also have our shops are open right now. And, and we hope that that can continue through the, the holiday season as well. And then we'll just have to see about dining. In, in our lodging area, we are open. Our, our water slides cannot be open right now, but our, you can stay overnight and we have carryout available in the restaurants there. So we're just trying our best to stay open and be here for our guests. This is really a, a traditional time for many families. And so we want to be able to provide what we can in a safe manner. Sure. Completely understandable. And uh, for our audience, we will have uh, all those links in the in the show notes down below. Amy, I really do want to, to thank you for the opportunity. And I know with the new epidemic order coming in, I know you guys are are busy trying to make sure that you can keep up the the the, the level of service that that your guests appreciate. So so thank you so much for okay. agreeing to be on the podcast today. Thank you for the opportunity, Cliff. It was nice talking with you. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe to our email newsletter. When you subscribe, you'll get new episode announcements, you'll get all kinds of great behind the scenes information on upcoming guests, Plus, you'll receive special offers from our guests and partners that you can only get through the email newsletter. Subscribing is quick, easy, and best of all, it is free. Just go to callofleadership.com email, type in your email address, and you're done. Once again, that's callofleadership.com email. I'll catch you in the next episode.